Hello and welcome back. I'm super happy that you're here with me again this week. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about how I wanted to share that story of my mom, but I I couldn't figure out why, but I, I, I couldn't share it. I, I wrote it so many times and didn't know what I wanted to do, so and I couldn't relay what I wanted to share. So I was feeling frustrated and disappointed in myself and I didn't know exactly how to push past these feelings. And then I really like prayed about it and started thinking about it and I had an epiphany. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just storytelling wasn't going to to work in this scenario. I, I didn't want to just tell the story. Sure, I may reach a few people who could sort of empathize and maybe even sympathize with what I went through. But again, I probably wouldn't be able to really share for the majority of the audience what I was feeling because there were so many emotions. It just, it just up and down and up and down. But I wanted to share more than just my story. The whole purpose of this podcast is to help others. Not to hear my story, but to help others. So I realized that's the way I needed to tell part of this story is to give you tips on how, how, how to, in your situation, what helps you. So I today bring you five, well, it ended up being more like five and a half tips on how to care for your aging parent. But first, I have a PSA. This week, I saw one of my favorite bands at a very small venue here in Dallas. And I want to say, if you like rock music, specifically like southern rock, bluesy kind of rock, and you have not been listening to Dirty Honey, or have not seen them live, especially in a small venue, you're missing out. This is a band out of California that basically oozes talent out of every pore of every one of their bodies they every note is pristine they're amazing they sounded great at this um we were at the studio at the factory and it was a great cute not cute but good venue great sound the lead vocals of mark labelle his bluesy southern rock sound is like an instrument of itself he has the most amazing vocal talent when you follow that up with a bassist a guitarist and a drummer that all equally have the same level of talent you come up with one of the most amazing bands out there and again it's dirty honey i saw them when they were first starting out and they have grown so much on stage that they command it now they're scooping up the audience and they take them on a ride with every show. So their second album is about to be released in November and it's called Can't Find the Breaks. The songs I've heard from this are outstanding. They have released, I think, three. Um, so Can't Take Me Alive, Can't Find the Breaks, and Coming Home, I think, are the three releases. So go download their songs today, all of them. There's not one bad song. They do a few covers that are amazing. They recently did a Van Halen cover. They've done a Prince cover. And they've done an Aerosmith, which is absolutely my favorite. I'm bummed they don't play it anymore. But anyway, go, go, go check out this band. 
Okay, we're back. So today we are discussing caring for our aging parents. As we get older, this becomes a must in our lives. And honestly, I think about my kiddos and having to care for me. And I think, oh, so I pray a lot that I'm not difficult for them because <laughs> nobody wants to be difficult to their kids and as they age in life. And adult children caring for their parents is one of the most like challenging and potentially rewarding job of a life. I know people say that about parenting children, but it's different. It's different. Caring for your aging parents is like starting at the top and bottoming out. When you're caring for your children, they you get to watch all their milestones and they cuddle and they are so happy to see you. But when you're caring for your parents, especially parents that have a major illness, physical disability, or a mental issue, you get to watch all the things that you already knew about your parents slowly and painfully disappear. But what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to honor our parents, right? The, the Bible talks about us honoring our parents twice in the Old Testament and six times in the New Testament. Six times. So there's a vast majority. It's not just one Bible verse that you memorize as a kid, which is also the most, probably most known, which is Ephesians 6, 2, that says to honor your mother and your father, which is the first commandment with a promise. So we are supposed to honor our parents, our parents do so much for us as they raise us, and there are so many ways to honor them. But caring for your aging, sick, or mentally declining parent is a true testament of the love and honor between a child and a parent. I shared a little bit of my mom's story in episode two in regards to my tattoo. But I'll discuss it again here for people who haven't heard that episode. In August 2020, my mom's breast cancer returned. She had beak cancer one time. And uh, when I was in high school, she had beat it. Um, and there were so many positive outlooks on this return of her cancer this time. Everyone was like, you know, this is going to be fine. You just get the double mastectomy. You probably won't even need radiation this time. But she had to have an MRI to determine if the, if it had spread. And before they did the surgery, they wanted to make sure that they needed to take the lymph nodes in addition to the breasts. And again, this was in September 2020. So, yeah, I was forced to stay in the car because of, you know, the illnesses out there. And she had to go in by herself. She had a lot of pain during that MRI. Um... To the point that she said something. She said, I'm in a lot of pain. This doesn't feel normal. Something's wrong. But they refused to stop the machine and told her that she had more time left and that she needed to finish it out. She barely made it off the table and made it to the car. They, by the time, and we drove home. And I could tell that she was in pain. And I kept asking her, do we need to go to the doctor? Do we need to go to the hospital? My mom was a nurse. She's not going to do things that she doesn't feel like she needs to do. She's like, no, I just need to go home and take a nap. By the time we got home, she could no longer walk. She then spent two months in the hospital and in the rehab hospital trying to get better. My husband and I, Chad, uh, spent weeks getting her room ready for a wheelchair, a hospital bed, and yet making it try to still feel like her room. We painted it our favorite color. We put, we got some 
pictures on the wall of the family. Um, my husband actually made a really nice bulletin board for her that was like a prayer board. So we put uh, family pictures and friend pictures up there so she could see them. We mounted her TV. We uh, got a Bible verse that was her favorite Bible verse and put it where she could see that as well. But I admit, I was scared and worried. What was I going to do? I, I, I'm not a caregiver. I, you know, I wasn't a nurse. I didn't want to be a nurse. And that, that was my mom. My mom was a nurse in the family, but not me. And I barely, I barely made it through bodily functions of my children, much less my mother. I actually thought I would get more help than we actually did. And I was really, really taken aback by the lack of support and help by the medical field. And that leads me to point number one. You are the advocate. Do your research. Push the doctors. They work for you. You know your parents best. We had a doctor come in that I called Dr. Hurricane when she was first admitted to the hospital. Um, and the issue is still actually in the ER. And tell me that she had a tumor in her spine and that they were going to do the surgery and she would be all better. But not only did she tell me that, she told my mom that. So it gave my mom hope. So when that wasn't the case and Dr. Hurricane then disappeared and left me to pick up the pieces. Then we had a neurologist tell us there was no hope for her and that I basically needed to just put her in a nursing home and he left the room. Nothing again was offered. No support. No, hey, maybe you should try this. <clears throat> Nothing. He once again left the room with my mom sobbing and quickly losing all hope. I wish I had advocated a little more, actually, for my mom. So I tell you, don't let whirlwind doctors come in and tell you something unless you have all the facts or they have all the facts. Wait till the test results are done. Wait until the images are back so they know what's happening and you know what's happening. You tell them how it's going to be. You tell them what's best for your parent. No one knows your parent better than you. It's just like your kid. You know your kid. You're not going to let some doctor tell you what you know is wrong. I remember when my my son had asthma as a child. I had a doctor try to tell me he had whooping cough. I was like, no, he didn't have whooping cough. He has asthma. He needs, you know, more breathing treatments. Turns out I was right. The doctor was wrong. He did not have whooping cough. So it's the same thing with your parent. Who knows them better? You. Um, doctors don't always know what's best for them but you do plus if your parent is still cognizant and aware then you need to talk to them they get to say too you get to talk to your parent and discuss what is the best course of treatment after months of dealing with the stroke we had to address the cancer again and they decided that she still needed a double mastectomy and now because of cancer was a little more aggressive than they had anticipated, she was also going to need radiation. And, I don't know, I think, I, I, I think back on this, and I think, you know, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe she wasn't ready for that. So, I guess in hindsight, I might have enjoyed a little more time with her the way she was before the surgery, and 
maybe not get the surgery, so she would have had more time where she was able to get in and out of bed by herself. She was able to do things for herself. But after the mastectomy and the radiation, it zapped her, and she never fully recovered. So I don't know which way would have been better, but I could have talked it out more with my mom at the time. Did we let the cancer eat her up slowly and surely, and she died that way? Or do we do the surgery, get rid of it, and it eventually led to a quick demise? I don't know what was better. I don't know. But I wish I had discussed it more with her. I wish I had talked to other doctors about it and say, but we were already in hospice, or we were not on hospice. We were already on home health, and they were telling us that this is what we needed to do. And one, one doctor is going to tell you one thing, and one's going to tell you another. So you really need to get second, third opinion, and really talk it out with your family. And so the bottom line is that you, you as a person who cares for the family, needs to be a true advocate for your parent. So number two, make sure you have the power attorney and medical power attorney in place. You know, things, you know, you never know what's going to happen to your parent. Our life seriously changed in 20 minutes flat. 20 minutes flat. Our life turned upside down. We had to scramble to find papers to sign and make sure things were in place so I could help her make decisions if I needed to. If that was already in place, it would have been one less thing to worry about. So when your parents are healthy and getting older, have a conversation with them about medical power attorneys, their will, life insurance, funeral thoughts, and all the things that are would be a difficult conversation later. So if I talked to my mom about this stuff before she was sick, I still thought I had lots of time with her, so it wouldn't have been a difficult conversation. We'd just like, hey, you know, you're getting older. These are plans we have to make, blah, 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 blah. But because we waited until after she was already sick and she had cancer and she had a stroke, so it was it was super hard to talk about. I didn't like talking about it, I think. Which leads me to number three. Yes, number three. Be prepared for the hard conversation. I admit, I was awful at this. I completely failed at this. I not only failed myself, but I failed my mother in this in this particular one. It it had been my mom and I my entire life. There was no one who had been there more for me than my mom. We absolutely had our ups and downs, but the bottom line is that she always was there. She raised me. She was my mom. So when she started to talk about her funeral and she wanted, and what she wanted, and wanted to have that conversation with me, I, I couldn't do it. It was very soon after she had had her stroke that she wanted to start having this conversation. And I was still in the mentality that we were going to go, we were going to get through this. We were going to, she was going to be fine. We were going to figure out how to live life with her in a wheelchair if we had to. But she was still going to be around for a long time. She was still going to see Jaden graduate from high school. She was still going to see Josh graduate from college. Yeah, she was, she was going to be there. So in my world, it didn't need to be discussed yet. Then one day, she had some people over from her church, and she was talking to them about the funeral and wanted to bring me into it again. And again, I couldn't do it. I was super angry that she was talking to someone else about it. And then 
and she didn't need to talk about it right then. I'm sure I came across as so rude to the church people, but I couldn't get a grip. I could not do it. I was not prepared for this conversation because it was so soon after her stroke. And so I guess it made it a little more real for me. Before her stroke, I would have bet that she would have lived to see at least 90. So that meant a good seven or eight years minimum left with her. But as she continued to be paralyzed, she wanted to give up and she needed a funeral planned. And I hurt her because I could not have that conversation. So remember that if your parent wants to discuss their funeral, let them. It is their way of taking care of you one more time so you don't have to worry about it. It's not about them. It's once again about you because they love you. Do you have a party, wedding, or celebration that, and you're looking for something fun to do? Try Spinning Smiles. Spinning Smiles is a photo booth with a 360 feature. This photo booth is a hit at every gathering. I have been a part of it myself and had so much fun. Contact Emily at Spinning Smiles for your next event at 315-778-0725 or go to the Spinning Wheels Facebook page and send her a message. <laughs> Spinning Smiles brings joy to all parties. Okay, welcome back and now we're at number four. Number four is take care of you. Take care of you. Yes, I did say that. Being a caregiver to my mother was exhausting. I admit that the stress, uh, that under stress, I sometimes like to eat my feelings. However, this was not the best way to manage my stress at all. So I needed to make sure that I took care of myself. One way was to make sure that I spent time with God every day. Church was still online during this time, and I was able to do that, but I had to pray a lot and really keep my head straight. And so I had to do something a little bit every day to make sure that I went in with a positive attitude. Our exercise was also a must for me. Exercise helps you keep the peace that you just tried to get by spending time with God. So remember, this was also during the COVID time, so I'd already started working out because I was bored. And um, I was working out four to six days a week, and I'd been working out with my kids, which was super fun. Um, but as this happened with my mom, I needed to keep up working. I couldn't stop as, as life was trying to get back to normal. On the outside, my life had turned upside down in my house. So um, COVID was the least of my worries at that point. Um, so... I had to carry my mom. I had to be able to pick her up. I had to be able to be strong mentally and exercise helps keep your serotonin up and it helps do a lot of things. So I firmly believe that exercise helped me get through this situation. So I recommend that. And even if it's just a quick walk around the block to get you peace and away from the situation or a 30-minute video, anything helps. I remember being so proud of myself because I had completed 100 days of working out and I'd never done that before. So you can do it. Just remember that. I also decided that vitamins and probiotics with, um, I had a, I had a probiotic with a small like lewd in the answer. 
that was perfect for me. Um, we I needed to keep my immune system up, and I felt vitamins and gut health was a true way to do that. And I needed to stay healthy for my mom. And it worked. Do you know that none of us in our family got sick the entire time my mom was with me? None of us got sick. We made sure that we did everything we could to make sure that we did not um, bring anything in. But we still had to live life, right? My kids go to school. My my mom goes to, I mean, my mom wanted to get out um, and stuff. So we, we did, we followed her. We followed her. She, we did what she wanted to do. And um, none of us ever got sick. So, um, I had to, uh, I had to take time for my family, right? I had to, I had to also make sure that I spent time with my family and not just focus on my mom. So these were important things. I needed to make sure that I was taking care of me so I could take care of my family and take care of my mom. This was such an enormous change in our life that it affected our whole family. So I needed to make sure that I did all I could to make everyone in the house feel like this was okay. We were going to make it through this. And in order to do that, I had to take care of me too. So remember that. Step back. Take a look around. How are you treating other people? Because how you treat others is how you're going to treat yourself. And you need to take a step back and care for you so you can care for other people. Okay, so number five, ask for help. Oh, this is so hard for me. I don't like to ask for help at all. I despise asking for help, and I'm not good at it. So you have got to allow your tribe to step in. Like I said before, I am super stubborn, and I really try to do things on my own. My mom has said that my entire life. But in this situation, I needed help. And I didn't know how to ask because I'm really bad at it. But I was amazed by the people who I didn't know were my tribe that stepped in to be my tribe. My mom had a friend that used to be a nurse. And that lady was amazing. She came to the house three to five days per week and helped my mom while I worked. She would feed my mom get my mom out of bed, take her for walks, get her up out of her wheelchair. And on my mom's final day, she came and sang to my mom for hours, like hours. This lady was a blessing that I didn't know I needed. She was, uh, she was so fantastic to us. This lady also did it out of the kindness of her heart and never expected anything in return. I'm still so thankful for her to this day. I didn't think she could really ever, I don't really think she could ever really know how much she helped us. I also had two amazing neighbors that would come and stay with my mom if I needed to go out at night or go to the grocery store or do something. I was so thankful for them that they would come and um, stay and, and, and talk to her and even when my mom got to the point where she couldn't really communicate very well, they would sit and watch TV with her and hang with her and, and be with her. And it, she, they were really a true blessing in my life. I also had a friend, 
And I will never forget this because this is the most generous and wonderful things anyone ever said to me. She, she reached out and said, hey, I know you're, I, I looked up your son's baseball schedule and I will be there. He do not have to miss a game. So she went on her own and looked up my son's baseball schedule and came, came. And, and watch my mom so I could go to all of Jaden's baseball games. At that time, he was freshman and sophomore year in high school. And of course, I wanted to see him. He was on the varsity team. It, I'm truly blessed by that. It was truly, truly amazing. And I still thank you for those words. Um, so I also found out who true friends were and not so true friends were during this situation. And that was rewarding and difficult at the same time. I felt like I had completely distanced myself from everyone, yet there were so many that checked in on us and loved us even if they couldn't see us. They understood that my husband's... They understood that. They understood that my husband's family was in particular really good at that because we... We couldn't go see them because I couldn't leave them out. And we couldn't go places with friends because I couldn't leave my mom. So I was really as astounded how many people were super um, accepting and understanding of that. And I was actually really surprised that there some people who weren't accepting and understanding of that. Um, so God truly blessed us with so many good people in our lives. So make sure you really look and see who's supporting you, even if it's from afar, and who's been there when you needed that. It's easy to fall into a hole of depression when you're stuck in a situation where you cannot um, leave your house. It's easy to be selfish and wallow in self-pity, but that's not good for you, your family, or the person you're caring for. Really look at who's out there because I promise you they are there. They are texting you and checking in on you. They are asking questions. They are calling you. They're stopping by with groceries. You know, they're asking, hey, what's your son's schedule? Let me be there for you. I'm telling you, if don't wallow. Don't wallow. This is such a big thing for me. Don't wallow in the self-pity of things. Be, be mindful of who is around you that is supporting you, even if it's just a text message. Enjoy, enjoy life, even during this situation, because it is easy, 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 easy to not and that's not good for you or anyone else so i actually had one more i said i'm gonna do five and it ended up being five and a half and i've kind of covered this one before but i'm gonna reiterate it because it really really matters you have to stay positive you have to stay positive stay positive thoughts say things positive to your caregiver i mean to your parent as a caregiver Say things positive to your family. Don't be negative because that is the other thing that gets, oh my gosh, so easy to do. So easy to do. We can sit there and say, oh my gosh, I can't go anywhere. Oh my gosh, I can't do anything. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened to us. Or, you know, I can't do anything, blah, 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 blah. No, stay positive. Stay positive that you are able to have a job that allowed you to stay home and be with your mom when you could no longer uh, be away from her because they said that you know they were gonna call you in 
So do that. So negative thinking only makes the situation worse. You have to be positive. The more positive you are, the more positive you will feel. And then your parent will feel that. So they will feel positive as well. I've had so many times I felt so negative about my situation. But you know what? I grew so much during this time as a human being. I grew in my faith. I grew in my strength. And I grew in my courage at the time. During that time. Do you know what courage means? Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is pushing through when fear is still present. And I was scared all the time that I was going to do something wrong. I was scared all the time that I wasn't going to be able to do things. I wasn't going to share this. But one time, my mom had a bed sore that was unbelievably bad. And I can't do wounds. Ha. Negative thought, right? No, but what I do? I had to change it because no one would come and help. No one would come and help. No nurse, no hospice, no nothing. No one would come to help, and I had to change it. I cried through the whole thing, and I did not like it. But you know what? I did it because it was helping my mother. So we do things afraid. We do things that we don't want to do. You know, I didn't want to. She didn't want me to have to change her diapers. You know what? what I did and she let me so you just gotta you gotta you gotta be positive you've got to stay tough and you've got to do it afraid you've got to move forward and you've got to be the person who is there because your parents have been there for you this entire time and now it's your turn you know I think about that though you know even Joyce Myers talked about how her parents were not there for her she did not care for them, but she says God told her that she needed to take care of her parents. And she thought that it was the devil. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. But she took care of her parents even though they were not there for her. So she changed her mind and turned it into a positive and ended up caring for them for a very long time. So even if you have parents that are more difficult, this is still a season of your life where you can grow and you can show that you are a good person and that you will care for them because it is honoring them in some way. So, get out of your pit. This is my last statement, but it, it, this is truly a journey for me. So, I truly encourage you to get out of your pit and start being positive. So, even though I didn't tell one big, long story about my mom, this is the way I wanted to share the story of my mom. I can't tell you... I. I can tell you that this was an emotional roller coaster, and this journey was for me and my mom absolutely a crazy journey. But I can also tell you that you're not alone. You're not going through this alone. Other people have been through it. Let them help you. Talk to them. You have people out there that know what you're going through and support you. It may be a slightly different situation. But bottom line is, is that you do nothing. That there's someone else out there. If you need to reach out for someone, to reach out to someone because you feel like there isn't someone who knows what you're going through, please feel free to email me at makeanadjustment at gmail.com. There's also programs out there. I ended up looking up stuff after the fact on Instagram and found so many supportive people on Instagram that are going through these caregiver situations. So dig around, find some stuff. I was surprised what I found. 
you can do this. You are strong enough and your parents need you. Have a great week.